right into our our lesson again tonight. Amen. It's good to have Vicky with us. Amen. God bless you. Amen. All right, Dennis and Brenda's here with us. Everybody's here. All right, we want to get right in our lesson. We're talking about Christian soldiers in their home. Amen. Christian soldiers in their home. Psalms 101, verse 2. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when thou will come unto me, I will walk within my house in a perfect way with a perfect heart. Now, last week we talked about and we saw that Jesus is going to come. He's going to show up and we are asking or was asking, what is he going to find when he gets there? Is he going to find a pure heart? Is he going to find that you're ready for him? Amen. To show up. Amen. And this is why it is important that we learn to walk with a perfect heart. The Word of God, the Bible tells us in Psalms 119, verse 9, Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto, according to thy word? Jesus says in John 15, 3, Now we're cleansed by the word that he has spoken unto us. So James tells us to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Amen. And so if we become doers of God's word and follow God's word, then we are going to be what God desires of us to accomplish. As the Lord said through Isaiah in Isaiah 53, he says, As the rain comes down from heaven and the snow and watereth the earth and turn, return not thither, but maketh it to bud, uh, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be which goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that I please it and shall prosper where I send it to. So when God's word comes, amen, it has a purpose. It has a design uh, to mold us and to cause us to become more like him. Now, last week we was talking about number one on your paper there. We're dealing with the three steps of, to maintaining a godly home. And I know we're, as you think we're talking in the natural. We are talking natural, but we are also talking spiritual. When you look at yourself, Paul tells us that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost, which you are. You belong to God. You don't belong to yourself. The Spirit inside of you makes you the temple of the Holy Ghost. And so we have to learn how to manage and control this vessel of ours. So as Christian soldiers, we must learn how to model behavior that support good Christian conduct. As you see that Paul told Timothy there in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12, he says, I need you to be an example of the believer in your conversation, which is your behavior. Amen. The world is going crazy out there. They're doing all kinds of Oh, ungodly stuff. And, you know, we don't ridicule and criticize them for all the foolishness they do because they don't know. You know, Paul told the church at Corinth in, in 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty four. he says, We need to awake the righteous and sin not because some have not the knowledge of God. And I speak that to your shame. See, the reason the people in the world is doing all the crazy stuff they're doing, they don't know God. Because once you come into a relationship with God, you stop that foolishness. You know, I was out there once. I know. <laughs> you know. I know. When God comes into his temple, when he takes control of a life, you know, it, it gets in line. <laughs> you know, and so we have to model the behavior that becomes 
good Christian conduct. Now, the fruit of the Spirit, we know Galatians 5.22 is love, is joy, is peace, is long-suffering, is gentleness, is goodness, is faith, is meekness, and temperance. Amen. So if these things be in us and abound, they make that we should not be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Right? And Paul also told the church, he says, that they that are Christ's is what? Crucify the flesh with his affections and lusts. He says, if we live in the Spirit, let's walk in the Spirit. Amen. We have to learn how to walk in the Spirit. In other words, we have to learn how to walk according to the Word of God. Paul tells us also, amen, to walk circumspectly towards those that are out redeeming the time because the days are evil. So if I were to ask you, how are you spending your time, what would you tell me? If you're in the book, how are you spending your time? You get 24 hours a day. What are you doing? What are you accomplishing today? You know, what did you do? You know, someone asks you, what did you do yesterday? What did you do yesterday? <laughs> you know, I get people ask me that all the time. What did you do yesterday? You know? <laughs> I should ask you yesterday. What are you, what are you doing with your time? Are you just letting it go? You know, time is one of those commodities. Once it's gone, you don't get it back. You know? So this is why the scriptures tell us to use it wisely. Because the days are evil. <laughs> so we have to use our time wisely. Amen. So as we move on here, amen. How should we act in our home since we are the temple of God? First, we should be able to determine the things that are excellent and right from the word of God. And that as this is what should guide our lives. Amen. The word of God. Be doers of the word. Every side of the word of God is everything to make us successful in life. Go to Joshua chapter 1 real quick. Joshua chapter 1 in your Bibles real quick. And uh, let's start with verse 7. You know, when, when Joshua was, was taking the leadership role from Moses after Moses had died, and, and you start Joshua chapter 1, the Lord tells Joshua, he says, My servant Moses is dead, and now I need you to pick up the people and, and, and lead them on into the promised land. And, you know, and the Lord says to Joshua, he says, Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law. You know, the law, amen. See, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimonies of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eye. And the fear of the Lord is clean, amen. <laughs> the fear of the Lord is clean and do it forever. And the judgments of the Lord are true, and they are righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, than much fine goes sweeter also than honey. And the honeycomb. So he says that you observe to do according to the law. When they asked Jesus what is the greatest commandment in the law, he said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and thy soul and thy strength and thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hangs all the law and the prophet. When you look at the Ten Commandments, the first four is your relationship to God. The other six is our relationship to one another. So if we do that, we're going to be what God is asking us to do and to become. You know, and this is what he desires. So he says, you do according to which Moses, my servant, command thee. Turn not to, from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou may prosper 
and whatsoever thou goest. In other words, wherever you go, you follow the word of God, you're going to be successful. You're going to profit. Verse 8. Amen. Go to verse 8. Amen. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. David says in Psalms 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the ways of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that shall bring forth fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. See? So God's word is designed to cause us to be successful. Now he goes on to verse 9. Have not I command thee to be strong and of good courage? Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Verse 10. Then Joshua commanded the office of the people, saying, Ask through the host of the people, saying, Prepare you victuals, because we're going across. Amen. Get ready. Amen. But we have to be that doers of God's word because it's for to prosper us. This is why John says in 3 John, I pray that you, your, you prosper as your soul prospers. See, that inward man that is in you, as you feed him the word of God, he's going to prosper. And you're going to prosper as well. Amen. And so we need to be able to look into the word of God and determine what is excellent. What should I be doing? What should I not do? Because we're the temple of God. And if any man defile the temple of God, him will God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Amen? So we have to realize these things, that God has our best interests in heart. We need to know to be able to say yes and be able to say no. We need to, because the word of God is designed to cause us to be righteous. When Paul told us to put on the armor of God, the first thing he says is get your loins girded about with truth and put on the breastplate of righteousness. Amen. Cover your heart with the right things. Philippians 1, 10 through 11. That you may prove things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense until the days of Christ, being filled with the fruit of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ in the glory and praise of God. Amen. Things are excellent. How much excellence do you got in you? Amen. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness. We talked about that last week. Amen. Which is of Jesus Christ. Righteousness is the white linen of God. Because see, you can't get to heaven without being right. <laughs> Everybody's talking about heaven ain't going to heaven. Remember that song? Amen. You've you got to be right. And this is what God wants. We must be an example for others to follow the way we, by the way we behave. You know, whether you like it or not, is somebody you're influencing somebody one way or the other. Right. You know, you think about it. You know, we are role models where we think we are or not. Somebody is watching you every moment to see. Amen. Whether it's our children, our grandchildren, or friends or neighbors or whatever, they are watching us. They're looking at us to see. 
Are we really living up to what we say we are? Amen. So our behavior and our conduct should display what we say we are. Paul told the church at Corinth, he says that we are his epistles. Amen. Read of all men. So when people see you at Walmart, what are they reading? <laughs> what are they what are they reading? Are they are they reading Jesus on you? Or they say, Man, there's a Jesus guy. Or they say, There goes the devil. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Jesus told the guys. He said, "You are your father, the devil, and the work of your devil, you, your father, you do." So, if we hide the word of God in us, then people should be reading Christ in us. Because the more Christ we put in us, the more Christ is going to be revealed to others. See. And this is what Jesus desires of us. Amen. We must be an example. Second Thessalonians 3, 6 through 10. Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourself from every brother that walked disorderly, and not at the tradition which you have received of us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow us. For we behave not ourselves disorderly among you, Neither did we eat any man's bread for naught, but work with our labor and travail night and day, that we might be chargeable, not chargeable to any of you. Not because we have not power, but to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us. For even when we were with you, we commanded you that if any would not work, give him some dog food, right? You shouldn't eat. Amen. See, but notice what he said here. You need to withdraw yourself from those who are not, amen, walking orderly. Those who are not walking according to the Word of God. Say, you, you have to be able to discern good from evil. Say, there's a way which seemeth right, but the end thereof is the ways of death. See, we have to be able to make sure if we say that we are Christians, then we have to portray and model the example of Christians. And the only way you're going to do that is studying the Word of God and applying the Word of God to your heart and your life. I can stand here and teach you all day long about the Word of God, but until you open this book, until you start reading it for yourself, until you start applying to yourself, ain't nothing going to happen. Because if nothing changes, nothing changes. See? This is why it's called basic instructions before leaving the earth. <laughs> Bible. Right? So you got to study it. Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. If you never open this, how you know what I'm telling you is true? See, you've got to study this. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.15, he says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. You have to study this thing for yourself. That's why the Lord told Joshua, don't you ever let the law depart out of your mouth. Then you will have good success. 
Because if you read it and you study it and you apply it, you know what's going to come out of you? The Word. You'll be able to make sound and wise decisions. Amen. You will make the right and proper choices in your life. See, if this is why you, you've got to study the Word. So we need to withdraw ourselves. Look at second, 1 Corinthians 6, 9. I meant 6, 14, excuse me. 9. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, yeah. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor feminists, nor abusers themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor... Verse 10. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor stirred, shall inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 11. And such were some of you. But you're washed. But you're sanctified. But you're justified by the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. See? The old man is gone. If any man be in Christ, he's no creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. So we have to learn how ourselves away from those same old ways of things we used to do. See? Because why? We want to portray the conduct and the actions now of what a true, true Christian is to be. See? He didn't bring you out of the world to put you back into the world to act like the world. He brought you out of the world to prepare you to go back to save the world. Amen. This is what he desires in us. Amen. The ministry, even the ministry, we must model good behavior. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3. This is a true saying. If the man desired the office of a bishop, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that rule well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity, for if a man knoweth not how to rule his own house, how shall he care take shall he take care of the church of God. Not a novice, lest being lifted with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach in the snare of the devil. Likewise, must a deacon be grave, not double-tongued, not given to wine, not greedy of filthy lucre, holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. And let these also first be proved. Then let them use the office of a deacon, being found blameless. Even so must their wives be grave, not slanderous, sober, faithful, and all things. Amen. So notice the pattern that God has. Amen. Is conduct is important. The behavior is what God desires in all of us. Not just because I'm the pastor, he doesn't have standards. Yes. He's requiring a whole lot of us 
the same way he requires a lot of you. Say, I'm a Christian too. <laughs> I'm just in a different leadership role. And so because I'm in the front, he expects me to have my conduct in order. He expects me to have my house in order. Why? Because I am the one chosen by God to try to lead you to become like God. So that when I drop over, you can take the rings and keep going. (laughs) This is what God desires, see? And so we have to prepare ourselves. Amen. When God called us out of the world, He's preparing us. He's taking us to a better place. Yeah, he brought us out. Why? So he could bring us in. He didn't bring us out to leave us, the Bible tells us. Amen. He wants us to be that light. This is what Jesus says in Matthew 5. You are the light of the world. You are a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Amen. If you've been observing the Olympus in Rio, what's on the top of the biggest mountain in Rio? A statue of Jesus, right? Everywhere you turn, you can see it. Same analogy for you and I. We're on that same hill as that statue is. You know, when people see you, do they see Christ? If not, then it's up to us to, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, examine yourself. Prove your own self. How know you not that Christ is in you, except you are reprobate, but I trust that you know you're not a reprobate. See? You have to ask yourself, am I modeling the Word of God? Am I like my Father? When In Acts 3, and, and they, they went to the temple after the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, and the guy was standing there by the gate. He was asking for alms, and Peter and John looked on him and said, Silver and gold have we none, but such as we have, dear you thee, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Well, when they summons them in Acts chapter 4, amen, they say, by what power or by what name have you done this? They say, if we be examined this day of the good deed be done to the impudent man, be it known unto you and all the drugs do by the name of Jesus Christ whom you crucified, but this man stand your hold. Neither is there salvation and any other, for there is none of the name under heaven given to men whereby we must be saved. Right? And then what they do? They took notice of them who had to been with. They've been with Jesus. See? They took notice that they had been with Jesus. See? And that's the same thing. Is you should have your daily prayer, your daily devotion. Remember all those lessons we talked about back about a year or so ago and six months ago? You know, your your conduct, your your devotion time, your prayer time, all these things should draw you into Christ so that when you leave, people know. That you've been with Jesus. Amen. They should be able to say, they're one of them holy rollers. <laughs> Amen. Man, don't you talk about something else other than what Jesus does? No, that's all that matters. <laughs> amen. Amen. So we have to, amen, here, we ha- our conduct and our behavior and our actions must be of the highest quality as the child of God. This is why Jesus says in Matthew 5, 44 through 48, he says, you need to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Mm-hmm. See, we must become complete in him. That's what Paul is saying. You know, we're complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and powers. 
So we want to be in Christ. We want our behavior. We want our conduct. We want our actions to reflect what the books say we're supposed to be. Amen. You know, when I was a soldier in the military, you know, they knew. I knew. You know, I knew what would get me in trouble, and I knew what would not get me in trouble. And the things that I knew that would get me in trouble, I avoided. You know, and the things that I knew would give me good success, I did it. <laughs> you know, it's the same concept in the church. We're Christian soldiers. See? And so God has what we call rules of engagement for our lives. And so, therefore, we must follow the example that His Word outlines for us. Because why? He has our good success. He has our best interests at heart. That's why he told Joshua, if you do this stuff, you're going to have good success. Amen. This is what you want in life. Amen. God is trying to give you the best guys. That's what Paul told the church of Corinth. He says, I have not seen or ear have not heard, neither have it entered into the hearts of men the things which God has prepared for them that love him. See, that's why we're to love the Lord with all our heart, with all our soul, with our mind. He's got so much stuff for us, and the half hasn't been told. Think about when we get to heaven. Amen. No more tears, no more sadness, no more crying, no more pain, no more suffering. You know, we can still have joy down here on the earth, too. We can be excited down here because we're on that road that leads us to that perfect place. Amen. And so the ministry, amen, look at verse 15, 1 Timothy 3, 15. Are we there? But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know us how thou oughts. I like Paul. He likes southern words like oughts and y'all, you know. <laughs> he must have been a southerner. <laughs> hey, from Kentucky, from North Carolina. He's from the South Jerusalem. Amen. But notice he says, But if I tarry long, thou mayest know how thou oughtst to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. Amen. So see, you are the church. See, you are living epistles. Amen. It's you. So you need not ask. You need to learn how to act. You need to learn how to conduct yourself. You're the church. You don't run around yelling and hollering and screaming and kicking your kids and kicking the dog across the yard. You got rid of him. <laughs> you don't yell and scream and holler at your wife or your husband. Come on. You have to learn how to conduct yourselves. In the church, you got an inside voice, you got an outside voice. Come on. Learn how to conduct yourself. This is what it's all about. So he says, put that back under, please, for a minute. He says, you know, you are the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Of the truth. See? The foundation is Jesus. 
right? First Corinthians three eleven says, yeah, you know, yeah. there was the foundation laid, but then that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So we're building our lives on the foundation. See? We are the church. Amen. And so inside of us now is the Spirit of God. Look at John 16, 13. Amen. John says it is what? The Spirit of truth. All right? So if you look at John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the, I am the, and I am the, right. So if the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of truth, who is it? Jesus, right? See? Now look at John 1, 14. John 1, 14 says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the full of and truth. Amen. John seventeen seventeen. Sanctify them through thy thy word is truth. Amen. In the beginning was the and the word was and the word was. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, right? So this you are the pillar of truth. In other words, you hold up this Bloodstained banner. You remember that old southern song we used to sing in the Methodist church? We got to hold up the bloodstained banner. We got to hold it up until we die. Amen. I'll sing that one of these days for you. But but what it is saying here is this, is that we have the truth in us. And so we must portray and live the truth. People, this is what Paul said, some have not the knowledge of Christ. And I speak that to your shame because we are the truth. Amen. You know, we are not bashing people. We just have the truth of the word of God, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so and as a result, our conduct and our actions must portray and display this truth. Amen. That Jesus is real. That Jesus is God. This is what Paul is saying to Timothy. He says, until I come, amen, you know, need to know how to act and, and conduct yourself in this temple, in this church. Amen. Because you are the pillar of truth. You are known and read by all men. Amen. This is why he writes to the church, Mark them to call offense and contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. You know, he told Timothy, he says, I left you in Ephesus that you might charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Because doctrine is truth. It has proven itself to be true. See, we are the pillars of truth in this church, in this era, in this time. We are serving Christ full of grace and truth. Amen. If I say I have the truth, then I've got to live the truth. Why did he tell me to put on the girdle of truth? Amen. Because truth shall make you jump up and down. Truth shall make you hide. Truth shall make you lie, cheat, steal. And that's what scripture says. What does it say? Truth shall make you free. 
John 8, 32, 36, right? Truth shall make you free. See? It'll keep you away from wrong. It'll keep you from being entrapped. See? You are the pillar of truth. See? And this is why he goes on in 1 Timothy 3, 16. And without controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and went right back up in the glory. Amen. So this is why you got to learn how to act. (laughs) You're the pillar of truth. You're the church of the living God. God's not dead anymore. He's alive. And so he's in you. So your conduct and your actions should reflect the life of Christ. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against there's no law. Now look at 2 Peter 1, 5 through 11. 2 Peter 1, chapter 5 through 11. Hang in there. We're going to get there. Amen. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5. And beside this, given all diligence, add. Okay, go to school. That's what he's saying. Now you got to learn multiplication. Add. One and one is seven. Right? One and one is 11, right? Okay. 11, one and one is 22 and all that stuff, right? He says, add to your faith. You believe in God, Jesus says, believe also in me. In my Father's house is many mansions. If it was not so, I told you, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back and get you and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you shall be also. So he's coming back. So besides, add to your faith virtue. What is virtue? Moral excellency. Learn morality. Learn right from wrong. Learn good conduct. So he says, that's first number one thing to learn to do in the church. You believe in God. He says, hey, this is what Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians 6. That was what you used to be. Drunkards and all that stuff. He says, no, now you washed. You got baptized. You got the Holy Ghost. He says, no, no, you don't do that stuff anymore. See, he says, now you believe in God. He says, so the first thing you need to do now is start cleaning up. Get it right based on the word of God. So he says, add to your faith virtue. And the virtue knowledge as you start studying. Amen. The word of God. Solomon says in Proverbs 1-7 that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. See? Reverencing and serving God brings understanding and knowledge. Amen. So you want knowledge. And to knowledge, he says, okay, you're getting, you're getting virtue. You're getting morality going. You're getting morals in your life. You're studying you're what God wants. He says, now add some temperance. Get some self-control. Get off the Internet. <laughs> Put on the remote control to the television. <laughs> 
Get some self-control. Don't go keep going in the debt. He says, get some self-control. Don't think just because everybody else is doing it, you can do it. You can. You're grown with two individuals. But what does the scripture says? It doesn't edify me. Amen. Doing that same old stuff I used to do, don't edify me. It pulls me down. It pulls me right back to where I used to be. So he says temperance. And then temperance, add patience, which is long suffering. <laughs> you see, you want to add some patience. Learn how to wait. Do you don't know? Have you not heard <laughs> that the... That the Lord, the God Almighty, He doesn't weary, He doesn't faint. James says in the fifth chapter, He says, You've heard about the patience of Job. You know, oh, He had to wait. You know, He says, And so therefore, get it in your heart. That's why James says in the fifth chapter, He says, Get it in your heart that you need to learn how to wait. So you don't take matters into your own hand all the time. Learn how to wait on God. Because Isaiah says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. You're going to soar if you learn how to wait on God. Learn patience. Then patience, godliness. You know, Get holiness in your life. God is holy. And if the roots is holy, guess what? If the roots holy, the whole tree is holy. You know? If the roots is holy, the branches are holy. You are the branches, Jesus says in John 15. I'm the vine, you are the branch. See? Because what comes through the roots goes to the branch. So holiness should not be hard for a Christian. Come on. Why do people go, oh, I can't do that? Why not? Who are you attached to? That's what it boils down to, who you're attached to. You're attached to Christ. Virtue and stuff is coming through him, going right into you. So it's real easy. You're not doing it. He's doing it. Amen. Makes it real easy. And the godliness, brotherly kindness. Are you kind to everyone you see? I think that's the second commandment, isn't it? Love your neighbor as yourself. Brotherly kindness. Be kind to people. What's the golden rule? Doing others the way you want them to do unto you. It's not hard. It's easy. And the brotherly kindness, he says, add love. My goodness. Add love last. Hmm. Wow. You know, notice how he puts it in order. You would have thought it had been flipped over the other way. But it said love first, people first, right? But he says love down here at the end. For if these things be in you, and you just keep adding and adding and adding and adding and adding and adding and adding, they make that you should not be the barren, nor unfruitful in the knowledge of Pastor Parker. And that's what it says. Huh? Why not me? That's right. <laughs> Amen. 
Notice, unfruitful in the knowledge of Jesus. But if any man like these things, verse 9, what happens? He can't see, can't see where he's going. Why can't he see? He's blind, right? He's forgotten he was purged from his old sins. See, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, If this gospel be hid, it is hid to them that is lost, and whom the gods of this world is blind, that the minds of them that believe not, lest the glorious gospel of Christ should be revealed to him. See, because when you add all that stuff to you, the way it's saying there, charity, God is love. He's the, he's the last thing. So by the time you do all that other stuff, all it's going to do is just roll you right to Christ. Because you can't have any of the other stuff without Christ. Those are characteristics and traits of Jesus. Virtue, knowledge, temperance, all this stuff. So when you add Jesus at the end, you realize, I already got him. You know? And so he is the light. So you should be able to see clearly. But if those things are not there, he's saying, you're blind. You, you don't forgot what he did for you. So you need to start all over. See? He's blind and cannot feel for him, but God who was purged from his own sin. Forward the rather, brother, give your, make your calling and election. Verse 10, make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you're never going to fall. You're never going to fall. Because you can see clearly. You can see every trick the devil's got stored for you. You can see everything that's wrong and help you because you're going to have good success. You know what the Word of God says, and so you won't run into that foolishness. You won't keep doing that. And you're going to have that good success. You're never going to fall. Verse 11, what's going to happen? For so an interest shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In other words, you do that stuff, you're going to skip right on down the road just like the yellow brick road right into heaven. That's what's going to happen. You're going to go straight to heaven. Because <laughs> you're going to be doing right. That's what this stuff is designed to do. See, so this is why God has put it in his word for us to model the ways of God. Amen. How to live. How to pass on. How to keep going. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We are the pillar of God. Amen. Praise God. Jesus is that foundation. Amen. Psalms 127 verse 1 says, Except the Lord build the house, they that labor, labor in vain. See? You got to let Jesus build you. See? This house, this house, this house. Amen. Proverbs 24, 3 and 4. Proverbs 24, 3 and 4. Through wisdom is a house built. And by understanding, it is established. And by knowledge, shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. You ever heard that anywhere before? What does Proverbs 23, 7 say? Yet. And with all thy getting, get understanding, right? 
Amen. You know, is it 4 7? Okay, Proverbs 4 7. 23 7 is buy the truth and sell it not. I missed that. Amen. Like, right? <laughs> Amen. See, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore, get wisdom with all that getting, get an understanding. Amen. So, wisdom, why well, wisdom is a house built. principle thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And all that getting, get an understanding. And the spirit, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, is the word of wisdom. <laughs> Amen. One of the gifts of the spirit is the word of wisdom. See, you need to use the God's way to build this temple, build this house that we're living in. Amen. So that you will learn how to do is right. Proverbs 14.1. A wise woman, tear a house down, right? Proverbs 14.1. Every wise woman build her house. But what does foolish do? She turns it up. That don't pass the common sense test, does it? <laughs> You know, you have to learn how to build this thing correctly. Amen. Every wise woman, where does she get wisdom from? The Word of God. Amen. The Word of God. It teaches you how to build this thing. So every wise woman buildeth her house. Amen. But the foolish plucketh it down with her Hands. Amen. So you want to build it right. Let's see. Where am I at? Oh, it's 8 o'clock. Oh, i got to stop. got to stop. One more. And then we're going to. Titus 2. That way I'll be done with that first part. Titus 2, verse 1 through 5. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, be grave, be temperate, be sound in faith, in charity, in patience. That the aged woman, women, likewise, that they be in, in behavior as becoming holiness, not false accusers, not given too much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be the street chase keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husband, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Amen. Praise God. Notice, it teaches us both men and women how to have good behavior. So he said, these things you need to speak and teach to be discreet. What does that mean? You've got to have some discretion. Amen. I am afraid today that so many, I told my wife the other day, I said, it's, it's killing me to see so many beautiful women in their face now with all this junk. You know, tattoos and top of the head to the feet. I'm going, oh my. When is discretion going to kick in? You know? Don't they realize if the Lord tarry, they're going to get old? <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, I saw a guy one day, I, I mean, he had, a, he had a battleship. He was kind of young. I said, if the Lord tarry, that ship's going to sink. <laughs> 
we got to be smart. Amen. Even even Proverbs eleven twenty two, you know, says that a jewel of gold is gold, and pigs know it. Right? Look at Proverbs eleven. I think what is eleven twenty two twenty two. Proverbs eleven twenty two. I think it is. He says, "As a jewel of gold in a swine snout, so is a fair woman without discretion." Think about that. You know, stop and think about that a minute. A nice jewel and <laughs> a pig's nose. That's a waste. That's a waste. You know, I remember in North Carolina, we used to put these rings in our hog's nose so they wouldn't root out. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the same concept he's using here. You got a you got a costly jewel and a pig's nose. So he, he relates this to a woman without discretion. You know, he said that beauty is useless if you don't have some discretion with it. You've got to have discretion. We've got to be sober. He, he, he starts out telling the men, then he walks right into women. So he don't leave anybody uncovered. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. You know, we have to have discretion, whether male or female. You know, we notice he says we've got to learn how to be sober. We've got to be alert. You know, this world is taking people out left and right. You know, and so we've got to have some discretion. We've got to train our children the correct way. We've got to show them the right way in life, how to live. You know, look at the, you hear it the same as I do on the news, these young kids getting killed in the street. No, no life at all because they're not being taught the Word of God. Train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he won't depart from it. Come on, we got to get to the Word of God. Amen. We have to learn how to manage this house, this house, this house, and the one you live in. Amen. They all got to be based on the Word of God. Amen. Praise God. God is good. All right. Amen. Don't forget our revival is coming up next weekend. Amen. So prepare yourself for the revival. Prepare yourself for the revival for next weekend, next Friday.